The Fabulous 413 podcast is funded by Northeast Solar, helping customers make the switch to solar for savings, energy security, and tax incentives. Learn more at northeast-solar.com. Welcome to the Fabulous 413. I'm Khalees Smith. And I'm Monty Belmonte. Later in the show, Red Jasper, bringing queer-tivity, a moonlit extravaganza of BIPOC creativity and art to city space in East Hampton tonight. Sounds exciting. And we will welcome Dr. Solomia Ivahivi. Ivahiv, I Ivahiv. think is how we say it. It's K-H in Russian, which is hard to pronounce, yeah. or Ukrainian rather. Iv- Dr. Ivahiv is head of strings and associate professor of violin and viola at the University of Connecticut. She is also the 2022 recipient of the Merited Artist of Ukraine, highest honor awarded to artists in her home country. And she is doing a benefit for Ukraine at Watermelon Wednesdays on Saturday in West Waitley. But first, I'm mostly getting because I'm going to get to taste wine and Monty's not here to make terrible, terrible puns, but it's too bad for him because we're at the Dare Bottle Shop and Provisions in Lenox, Massachusetts for a Cab Franc tasting, which is one of his favorite grapes. And what's your name? Uh, Allison Sloot. And what's the name of your blog? It's called Cab Franc Chronicles. Which might be why you're here exactly. tasting through all of these. What's appealing about Cab Franc as a grape? For me, it is probably the world's most underrated grape. It's planted everywhere because everywhere where we find Bordeaux variety wines, Cabernet Franc is usually planted alongside but it doesn't get the same love. For me, I've always said, because Cabernet Franc is a bit of a polarizing grape variety, I've met a lot of Cabernet Franc haters out there that just do not, because there's, Cabernet Franc can have a green side. It can have that kind of herbaceous edge, and some people are not into that. But for me, in my opinion, I think there's a Cabernet Franc out there for everyone, for everybody's palate. I can usually find a Cabernet Franc for just about everyone, (laughs) even the haters. (laughs) Alison Sleet, how did you get into wine? Um, Well, I'm from uh, just outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and uh, I had a brief career in banking and I was miserable. And so I quit my job, moved to wine country in uh, in Ontario, and I started working for a winery there as an export manager. And the rest is history. And I knew uh, I knew instantly within a few months of starting that job that wine was what I that was my calling. Wait a minute. There's a wine country in in Ontario. Okay, tell me about wine country in Ontario, because I don't think that many people would necessarily, I feel like there's wine countries in, in a lot more places than people expect, but like Ontario was definitely not on my radar or list. So tell me about wine country in Ontario. So the main wine region in Ontario is the Niagara Peninsula. So very close to Niagara Falls. Essentially, it's this little teeny tiny region uh, on the south side of Lake Ontario. And we have Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, and then the Niagara River, which creates this wonderful microclimate for the region. And actually, we're at a pretty southerly latitude. We're around 44 degrees north latitude, which is in between Burgundy and Bordeaux. So we're at that right spot for grape growing. It's just our seasons are a little bit more extreme. So in Ontario, we tend to focus on uh, shorter season grape varieties, stuff like Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, but also cool climate grapes like Riesling, Gamay, and course Cabernet Franc it's the number one planted red in Ontario (laughs) so I cut my teeth on a lot of Ontario Cabernet Franc before uh, really exploring other regions. What separates Ontario Cabernet Franc from the rest and and from what we have here? Ah. You know uh, Ontario Cabernet Franc is 
depends on the vintage. We get a lot of vintage variation. Similar, the conditions in Ontario are very similar to the Finger Lakes in New York. So we get a lot of vintage variation. So in some years, those styles can be a little bit more Bordeaux-like with a little bit more body alcohol, uh, a bit more concentration. In the cooler years, we tend to see styles that are a bit more Loire-like in a way, higher acidity, more freshness, more of that elegance and, and florality to them. Well, I launched uh, Cab Front Chronicles almost three years ago, and really it's just been kind of actually within the last year where my following has kind of got to a point where people are like, hey, do you want to come out and lead a class? And so it's just starting, to be honest. Uh, I hope I can do more of this uh, going forward. I'm teaching a class uh, next week, or sorry, yeah, a week today in, uh, in Ithaca, and I'll be doing another event at a retail shop in Buffalo uh, later this year. So hopefully more, um, but for now it's, it's pretty isolated events here and there, but... Uh, so this was a COVID drinking project. <laughs> Kind of, yes. Yeah. No, it was very much it was very much one of those things like I had been thinking about doing this for a very long time and uh, COVID, I had to relocate, job loss. Like, but yeah, and it was very much one of those moments of it's like, I think now's the time. Let's do it. And I haven't looked back since. So So you have usually we do a wine thunderdome, which is two wines enter, one wine leaves, but this is a Cab Franc deluge. There are Six wines. There's a lot of wines on that counter. <laughs> and when we were talking earlier, you split them into two kind of categories, like three for the first wave and Correct. three for the second wave. Correct. What differentiates those two? Okay, so we're doing three Loire Cabernet Francs from three different appellations, Chinon, Bourgogne, and Saumur. And I wanted to showcase really the diversity from the Loire, because the Loire Valley is the only region in France where Cabernet Franc is the star grape variety, is in these appellations. And that's for me what is most important, is I want to talk about Cabernet Franc as the star variety, as a single varietal wine, mostly. And then the other three are coming from other parts of the world where Cabernet Franc is emerging as a really sexy grape. So we have Italy, which is the number two country in the world for Cabernet Franc in terms of plantings. And then of course we have an example from California, and then also South Africa, which is really cool as well. That's fun. That's not a grape that I associate with that region like at all ever. <laughs> like I always think of Pinotage and then yeah. sometimes Sauvignon. What ends up differentiating the new locations for Cab Franc from the classic Loire yeah. locations for it? Well, I think usually in most New World regions, we'll say, uh, Cabernet Franc is often blended with Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot and, and other grape varieties to create, you know, a Bordeaux-style blend. But what really sets apart these, these producers that are doing a single varietal Cabernet Franc is often they are kind of, um, it's like a nod to the Loire. Like a lot of these guys really love Loire Cabernet Franc and that's sort of what they're trying to emulate. And they're trying to make a, a wine that really stands on its own, that has character, that has that, that personality, but also showcases the place the, where, where those wines are made. So we're tasting single varietals at this tasting, but Cab Franc does show up in a lot of blends. What makes it so good for blending? As a, uh, particularly in Bordeaux, because that's really where we see it as a blending grape, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot are the two main grape varieties. Cabernet Sauvignon, of course, has uh, a lot of body, alcohol, tannin. Uh, Merlot is the flesh, it's the softness, it's the fruit. And Cabernet Franc can add that little je ne sais quoi, for lack of a better word. like gives you the herbs, gives you the florals, it has higher acidity, it gives you this extra edge that um, the other two grapes just kind of are a little bit more 
It's like that little bit of salt and pepper in a wine, you know? If it wasn't there, you'd probably miss it. But sometimes you don't really know it's there, essentially. What's your favorite thing about pooling a wide variety of wines like this together? Um, you know, that's a great question because usually when I'm tasting, I'm tasting at home in isolation. So I'm not opening multiple bottles. So when I do stuff like this, it's, it's great for me because I can then visualize, see the diversity, see the, the myriad of expressions that the grape can have. And um, that's what's really cool about it is I don't often get a chance to open like, you know, a bunch of Loire and a South African and all these different wines all at the same time. And once you've kind of tasted them kind of side by side, you really do sense that, wow, like this grape can do so much more than, than just blend into other things. It's capable. Well, the versatility of the grape, you can get rosé, sparkling. In Canada, we make ice wine from Cabernet Franc. So it's super, it's a super versatile grape and it's just... It brings me so much joy to like blab on about it for people that are willing to listen to me. So. Yay! That's me! Ice wine from Cab Franc. So uh, ice wine in Canada, it's a naturally sweet wine, so the grapes are frozen on the, on the vine. So it's not fortified in any way. So usually the alcohols for ice wine are in that 9 to 11% ballpark. The residual sugar is quite high, usually around 100 and we'll say 190 grams per liter residual sugar. So it's a dessert wine, you know, it's great with cheese as well. Um, but they basically leave the Cabernet Franc on the vine and they pick it at, uh, basically it would be what, 17 Fahrenheit is what the temperature is required by law in Ontario for picking. So they just let the grapes hang and sometime in January or December, whenever it gets that cold, that's when they pick the grapes, press them and away you go. That sounds like the worst job. The end product is worth it for sure. But to be out in January picking grapes sounds like the worst. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everybody's idea, everybody's idea of, of wine is like rolling hills and Tuscany and sunshine. And no, no, when ice wine is the exact opposite. It's two o'clock in the morning, you're freezing your butt off. And yeah, you're picking these rock hard little berries off of the, off of the vine. But when you press them, uh, basically all the water content in the grape is frozen solid so you're getting all this like, constant concentrated like nectar from the grape and that's what's fermented into wine and it's hard to find Cab Franc ice wine it's not exported really widely but if you ever come across a bottle it's just it's mind-blowing it's super delicious it's like strawberry rhubarb pie in a bottle people are arriving for the Cab Franc tasting which is really really great but I'm here with Mary Dare of Dare Bottle Shop in Lenox and when we got the email about this happening, Monte and I both went, oh, Cab Frank, oh yes, yes, we'll go. How did you discover Allison and her blog? Yeah, so we were introduced virtually to Allison by a mutual friend, someone who we love to, you know, when she comes in the shop, we, we just, one of those people we nerd out on grapes and wines with, so she was just saying, you've got to follow Cab Frank Chronicles, see what she's doing with her online platform, and that's how it all started. So especially coming from a place of Cap Franc is probably my favorite grape and we go way back. It was, you know, kind of that instant, yeah, I gotta, you know, know this person, meet her and see if we can do something together one day. <laughs> so jealous. I know you are. 
Coming up, live music. This is Live Music Friday with Red Jasper, who is bringing a multidisciplinary artistic extravaganza. No, not extravaganza. That's that <laughs> That's other a event. event extravaganza <laughs> called Queertivity to East Hampton tonight. But it's the rain. The rain is messing with our brains. I think First, so. up next, I ditched Monty entirely. I was in Lennox. I got to taste through all six of those Cobb Francs and then ask all the folks that I took that class with about their opinions, making it a giant, huge, exponentially larger Thunderdome than normal. That's coming up on The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. Before we've tasted them all in a row, what's your favorite thing here on this current list? Actually, uh, I was thinking earlier today when I was making notes is the South African was the one that I was very excited to try because I've had a handful of South African Cabernet Francs and every time I have one I find they're very distinctive and I really love them but they're, the production is super small and they're not really widely exported so as soon as uh, as soon as Mary sent me the list I was like oh we got to do the South African like I don't get to taste those often enough so uh, I had a quick little sip I'm already intrigued I will likely be taking a bottle or two home with me <laughs> of that one uh, so, yeah, so that, that one was definitely one that I was excited to try. So, your name? Alex Cook. Okay, so we've been through this whole Cab Franc tasting with six wines from all over. Out of these six, which one was your favorite? So, really surprising, there was one from Tuscany that I thought was amazing. Uh, really, for me, that had, uh, had a little funky nose which was surprising, had uh, sort of a little bit of apricot stone, a little licorice in there, uh, bay leaves. It's a really interesting mix, and I thought it would go really nicely with a broad range of things, but um, I just, yeah, loved it. Really good. While Alex was talking, I saw your head nodding. Give me your name. Uh, Kathy Velko. What was your favorite? Well, it's uh, interesting that this is the reason why we've been together for over 30-some-odd years. Um, Basically because I pretty much feel the exact same way as you do. Uh, So, what's your name? My name's Bob Iwanaki. Were you aware of Cub Frank before you came to the workshop? No, I was not. My wife signed me up. (laughs) Did you have a good time? Yeah, we had a great time. The wine was good. We enjoyed it. Which one was your favorite? Uh, I'd say the the last one, whatever you call it, the no, South there. The South African one. They're all the same grape, so like you can't yeah. go wrong there. It's just... It was it was very good. I think I have two votes for thistle and weed now. And what's your name? I'm Roxanne, his wife. <laughs> Roxanne, which one was your favorite? My favorite was Ludi from California. Very cool. Why did you like that one? It was very um, complex, I thought, but very easy to drink. Fantastic. And what's your name? Elaine. Hi, Elaine. I can't help but notice that you're on crutches and in a brace. What happened? I tore my ACL. Oh, no. (laughs) How? I was playing basketball over the 4th of July and uh, just tore it. So I'm about a month out of surgery right now. Oh my gosh. Well, now you have wine to keep you company in your recovery. Which one of these was your favorite? 
I I enjoyed pretty much all of them. If I had to pick one, I think the thistle and weed from South Africa was very very unique and very good. You're the person. So I loved I loved uh, the burgoyne. And my second, well, that was my third favorite. My my second favorite was the Champor uh, Champagne. Mm -hmm. And I loved the Tuscany wine. Those were my three. Tuscany first, Champagne second, Bourgoy third. And what's your name? Sheila. Thank you, Sheila. I'll come around this way. Hi, what's your name? Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Did you have a good time at the workshop? Yeah, I had a great time. It was awesome. <laughs> Which one of these was your favorite if you had to choose? Ooh. I'm going... I know, I'm asking the hard question. No, no, it's not hard. I'm going with the first one, which was the cheap one. <laughs> and it's not because of the price. It was just good. I liked it. I could drink it every day. <laughs> yeah. The last one was good, too, though, for second. It came in second. What is your name? My name is Jenna May. I hear you're the reason that this happened. I, I guess it sort of is. So Mary made a post about, I forget which wine it was now, but it was a Cab Franc. And she was like, and this is my favorite grape. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that about Mary. I didn't know Mary's favorite grape was Cabernet Franc. And I thought, I wonder if Mary follows Cab Franc Chronicles, because if she doesn't, she really should. They're both such lovely people. <laughs> Mary is Mary Dare from Dare Bottle Shop and Provisions. So I wrote to Mary, a private message her, and I said, do you follow Cab Front Chronicles? You really should. She's amazing. And Mary was like, oh, I'm definitely going to follow. And then I was like, oh, I'll just let them. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to tag Allison in Mary's post and be like, if you're ever passing through. And I was like, why would she be? But if she ever was like all the way out here, this is a place where there's a lot of Loire wines and a lot of Cab Franc. And I was like, she'd probably love shopping in here and seeing those represented because they're not represented well in every store. So I tagged her and she was like, oh, I'll definitely swing by if I'm ever in the neighborhood. And then I came in like a week later and Mary was like, we're doing an event with her. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, cause I've been like, I would love to meet her in person someday, but that'll never happen. And here we are. So, so Ben Dare has asked me what my favorite was. And now I have to look at all of my notes because I liked a lot of things. You know, after all of this, after really loving the Tuscany and really loving the, I thought the uh, South Africa was fascinating. It might be the Chinon. <laughs> like, I love wines with a lot of finesse in, to them. And that one's just like... The Chinon has like that like really well-worn leather jacket thing. Like your favorite yeah. leather jacket. It's not like strong leather. It's like yeah. like really subtle. I've been watching uh, Walking Dead lately. Not for Walking Dead. No zombies at the wine tasting. <laughs> but I'm an outlier. Like the the vote currently is between the Tuscan and the South African, and it is pretty much even. So now I get to ask the the three people who ran this, and hopefully they'll break the tie for me. So back at you, Ben Dare. Which one was your favorite? I'm like you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think close. I was very happy with it. Yeah. Because I, I, I picture food with this one. Yeah. It was super mushroomy, really, really cool. Like anything like, like in the season going down, like mushroom, cream, cheese, polenta, stewed meat, wild game. That is literally everything that we mentioned to go with it at the table that I was sitting at. <laughs> um... <laughs> Alison Sloot, of the Cab Front Chronicles, I promised that I would ask you, 
which one was your favorite at the end of this? Have you made a decision? No, they're all my favorite. (laughs) And that's the way you raise children, folks. No, um, as I kind of said at the end of the tasting, uh, I was quite partial to the Burgoy, only because it kind of reminds me why I love this grape so much is because it, it, it's humble, it's honest, it's, there's no pomp and circumstance, no bells and whistles, it's just great, great wine, and it's easygoing and friendly, and it's like a big hug. So that's, that, that might be the one that, that took the cake for me, in the end. A little different from the beginning, but still still good. But I think when I count this, it ends up being the South African, but I have to go back through all of the comments, and which means that those are the two bottles I'm bringing back to taste with Monty. Because I'm nice to you, Monty, sometimes. I am, and I did. I did bring you a bottle of each of the two that were basically the finalists in what became the Thunderdome, a bottle of the South African and of the Tuscan Cabernet Franc. And that is not, neither of those are places that I usually drink Cabernet Franc from. I'm more of a Francophile when it comes to Cabernet Franc. It's like the name of the grape is embedded in the place that I like it from. (laughs) And I brought those two bottles of wine to my friend's house, who is a filmmaker from Turner's Falls, Bob Kraskowski. He wrote and directed The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, starring Sam Elliott. And he had a new screenplay that he was allowing me to read, which I've been sworn to secrecy about talking about the screenplays about. But I can't wait for you to hear about it, Khalees, because I think you're going to love it. (laughs) Okay. We both tasted both of those wines. And... I think Bob preferred a little bit more of the uh, South African one because, you know, South African wines in general can be a lot more fruity and expressive. To me, it was a little bit too green peppery. And the Tuscany wine, not just because I'm Italian, was the one that I think. uh, That doesn't help at all. That's one for each. I know, but I'm the deciding vote. (laughs) Bob was lucky that he got to participate in this, and I weighed his opinion into my own opinion. Fair enough. He's not officially a vote. So officially the winner is the Tuscan Cabernet Franc. Thanks so much to Ben and Mary Dare of Dare Bottle Shop and Provisions and Lennox for letting me go to their tasting. And thanks to Allison Sloot, who taught that class on Cabernet Franc. It was really enlightening and just a really wonderful time. We appreciate it. And I promise not to be uh, totally lame every time something awesome is happening in Lennox (laughs) on the weekend and just... uh, you know, blowing. I will blow off my family once in a while to go to Lennox <laughs> to these kind of things. We just saw this story uh, while we were on the show today from the Berkshire Eagle, the old Heritage Tavern, which is kind of right across the street from the Dare Bottle Shop, um, was seized by U.S. Marshals. Um, it's part of the situation that has been going on with uh, that Bitcoin magnate, Ryan Salami there. So uh, when the, when we last all together went to the Dare Bottle Shop, that's where we had dinner. It so, is. So, it does not look like that's where we will be having and dinner. And there was a, an interesting incident at the end of that class that happened right across the street there in front of some sort of sporting event that someone was very unhappy about. Oh, okay. So you weren't there when the marshal seized the whole oh, thing. Oh, no. No, that, no, no, no. That would have been interesting. That would to have been interesting. Well, on the way, <laughs> it's Friday and Live Music Friday today with Red Jasper, who's bringing a multidisciplinary artistic extravaganza called Queertivity to East Hampton tonight. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. PM. 
Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. I'm Monty Belmonte. And I'm Khalees Smith. We welcome to the show Red Jasper, a Western Mass musician working to bring their music and message to the local community and beyond. They specialize in jazz-inspired indie alternative music-centering themes of healing from intergenerational and religious trauma, heartbreak, love, and toxic relationships, as well as the exploration of queerness while situated as a trans non-binary first-generation Afro-Indigenous Dominican. Joining Red Jasper is Mario Mario Mars, a multi-instrumentalist and songwriter based in Boston, currently studying at the Berklee College of Music. And tonight, Red Jasper presents Queertivity, a moonlit extravaganza of BIPOC creativity and art, a mixed-media show with queer and trans, black, brown, and indigenous artists featuring a variety of music, art, drag, burlesque, and dance this evening, <laughs> September 19th. 19th? 29th. That was a week ago. <laughs> 10 days to Today, be exact. Today, tonight, September 29th, I do know what day it is, from 7 to 11 p.m. in City Spaces, the Blue Room at the Old Town Hall on Main Street in East Hampton. This night sounds amazing. So if you, let's start with a taste of your music, yeah. if that's cool with y'all. That sounds perfect. Word. Um. Big shot daddy think you're slicker than me But I'm not your woman, I'm not your muse I'm not for use I see you looking, you find it amusing Pulled at the roots My youth Consume till all that's left is blood and bones. So don't tempt me, yeah. You know there's things I could tell. Ain't no love left, just broken souls and false farewells. I'll be on my knees, begging, begging for release. Oh, please. I 
see the devil in your eyes Got me twisted, can't deny I ain't free But I'm not your woman I'm not your muse I'm not for you And I see you looking Find it on yours And covered in bruises From you Amazing. Red Jasper, accompanied by Mars. Tonight is Queertivity in East Hampton. Red... This, this sounds like a massive undertaking. Oh, my God. It was. Hold on. <laughs> Grab that microphone. Oh. Yeah, we have it in your singing position right now. you got to sit down. we got to move yes, it in front of you. Sit down. There. Get close and talk. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Um, yes, it has been. And also, like, I've been doing this project that not only reflects my own identities, so I feel so incredibly connected to it, but um, I'm loving every step of it. I'm like <laughs> loving the decorating, the planning, reaching out to folks. Um, so it's been a lot of work and I've also had so much support in the process from across the community, whether it's the other artists and performers who are going to be there, City Space, um, my job, Wild Ivy Social Justice Network, <laughs> also has been collaborating. So um, I'm just incredibly thankful for everyone really coming together and just believing in the vision as much as like I did. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. And you should be there. <laughs> <laughs> one of those community efforts to uh, to help you out was one of the Pay It Forward grants, which mm -hmm. is a new program launched by the East Hampton Council for the Arts. Want to talk about applying and receiving yeah, one of the first ones? Absolutely. So I think this is their second year doing it. Mm. Um, so yeah, very, very new. And it's been an effort and as they're redesigning that space to really open it up and making it available to artists that 
Um, don't have the same opportunity. I think that folks don't like to admit how gay-kept sometimes the music scene can be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> especially in Western no. Mass. I thought you no. said gay-kept for a second there. And I was that like, too, sometimes. Works on both same fronts. Same thing, yeah, kind yes, of. Some both ways, fronts. Yeah. Um, so it's really incredible to see, yeah, not only were they like intentional about making the space available at no cost, which if you rent venues, uh, you know how that expensive that can be, um, but to really collaborate fully with you in the process. So applying, I had been involved in another program with them. I'll shout out Translate Gender and their co-act group for uh, queer gender non-conforming youth and collective play um, and theater. So we were doing that and City Space was the venue that we did our play out of. Um, and they were just like, also, we have this program. Y'all should apply. So I think it was like the night it was due, probably like 11.59 <laughs> type of energy <laughs> that I'm always on. 11.59 is still technically on time. It is. And it worked because they accepted it and the idea. Um, and then the process has just been very like supportive. They've been with me every step of the way, whether it's marketing, whether it's planning, like checking in, getting to work with other folks who are also a part of the Pay It Forward program, which is really cool. I think that element of not just helping folks, but also helping them meet other communities that are doing similar projects is really, um, it's really important. So yeah, and since that, um, it's really been just like this final push to the last two months with artists coming on board and um, we've been in the space this whole week. It's very magical, very gay and witchy. It's the full moon. <laughs> um, so you're, it's, it's really very ritualistic in a good way. But um, yeah, it's, I'm just really grateful. And not only that, but the ways that they like heard out my ideas, like how important it is for not just us to get this opportunity, but to document it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't have the equipment or the money to hire photographers and videographers and get our music and art out. Um, so they were able to also give me extra funding for documentarians. So we have two people who are going to be documenting the whole night and um, letting it live on forever. And it won't be the last of it, hopefully. <laughs> I love it. It's called Queertivity. We're speaking with Red Jasper as well as Mars playing guitar, who will be presenting Queertivity tonight at 7 o'clock at City Space's Blue Room at Old Town Hall on Main Street in East Hampton. Tell us about some of the other artists and things that'll go on besides just hearing the incredible music that we already heard Thank from you. you, Red Jasper. Um, so it's truly all the various ways that queer trans BIPOC folks are incredibly multi-talented <laughs> and creative. So um, I really left it up to the artists to decide how they want to participate. So some artists are showing art um, as well as performing and dancing and other folks are coming on and reading a horror story that they wrote. Um, nice. We have uh, people doing burlesque, but um, with a little twist. <laughs> I think a little different than what we're used to. That's the grotesque burlesque group. Um, and yes. Do they live up to the name? They do. They do. They do. If you haven't seen grotesque burlesque, they do shows around Western Mass, and it is fascinating uh -huh. every time. I love yes. it. Yes. Um, and we have folks who are dancing. We have voguing, drag. Um, and yeah, it's just a very like explosion of creativity and just showing like we don't have to dim our light in any fa like facet like if you want to get up and be like I started playing this instrument like three months ago and I want to share this with my like community like that's what that's there for there's no like measure of you need to be at a certain level it's more just 
hey, we're a group of folks that are really scattered in this area and let's find community together and also let's show and celebrate because historically we're the people who don't get celebrated. Speaking of that, like, so it sounds more like this isn't necessarily a one-time thing. It looks, it sounds like this is something that you were looking to have recur more on a scheduled basis. Yeah, so it didn't start that way, which is interesting. <laughs> um, and it's been a really beautiful, like, vision and gift that's come out of this whole experience. And um, so, yeah, with my stuff I do with Wild Ivy Social Justice Network under the Wildflower Alliance, um, it's like part of the umbrella that we're doing to like expand and raise the voices of um, communities that don't have that easily. So um, I think it was maybe like two days ago. I don't know. Somewhere <laughs> in the process, I was like, oh, my job needs me to do things across Massachusetts. Why not this? Like, they're really <laughs> into this. I'm really into this. So now my idea is to really try to find folks who are willing to f um, help fund this project and travel around the regions of Mass and work with local artists in each region to create their own creativity. Um, now I can't think of any town names. Uh, Boston, creativity, like <laughs> somewhere in Central Mass. That, um, Worcester. There you go, creativity, Worcester. Um, I know my boss will love that because she's from. <laughs> so yeah, that's really been the vision, but it came from just, um, just seeing how beautiful it's like turned out. And I'm like, this needs to happen more. And y'all gonna pay me to do this? I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> what You mentioned Red Jasper, the Wild Ivy Social Justice Network a couple times. Tell us what that is and, and what that's all about and its yeah. mission. Yeah, so the Wild Ivy Social Justice Network came out of the Wildfire Alliance and they just realized that there was a need outside of the work they're doing, which is a lot with psychiatric oppression and helping change our institutions and um, helping folks who really like are institutionalized for mental health stuff that needs community to heal, not a hospital bed, uh -huh. not mm -hmm. getting locked up in certain places. But of course, we can't just talk about this one oppression and not realize that they're all connected and that they right. all need to be addressed. Right. So that's really where the Wild Ivy Social Justice Network get, like came from. And it began, I think, in 2020, um, which was interesting timing. I think yeah. they started before things <laughs> locked down. They were like, oh, uh -huh. so we're going to adjust. You won't believe how much <laughs> yeah. mental health we're all going to need now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I've joined on this last year. Um, I am the assistant director and the Latinx communities connector. Um, and really, it covers like across the board different things, whether that's legislation, community events like this, um, helping folks who need to get help with housing or food insecurity, um, building up resources, um, excuse me, and a bunch of other stuff. So it's a perfect job for me, especially as someone who like loves doing a billion different things. I'm like, <laughs> this is great. I can do this. And I'm also um, getting to really do a job that gives back to my community. And I've, I've never had that before. And I think that's hard to find in this capitalistic society. So. Facts. <laughs> We're speaking with Red Jasper, who is hosting Queertivity, a moonlit extravaganza of BIPOC creativity and art tonight in East Hampton. You want to do another song before we take a break? Sure. Yes. Hmm? OK. We'll do one more. Let's do Stay. That last song, too, was um, Siren Song. I forgot to announce it. Nice. Mm 
looking back at the mirror I wish I didn't feel this way Drink it back, make it clearer As I slowly fade away And I'll pretend you make it better just call you up. You're my poison, not my healer, but without you I'm still messed up. So just grab me by the waist and remind me of my face. I should probably learn to escape, but it'd only be in vain. Cause no matter what you do, I'm always coming back to you. So just grab me by the waist and remind me of my place I should probably learn to escape But no matter what you do, I'm always coming back to you So tell me that you'll stay, stay Oh, please tell me that you'll, tell me that you'll That you'll stay, stay Please tell me that you'll stay Break me, bring me comfort, though it's strange. It's a feeling I long for. I don't know pleasure from the pain. I'm desperately craving disappointment, and you always pick up. At least broken my heart can feel something I'll admit it's a little messed up So just grab me by the waist and remind me of my place I should probably learn to escape But it'd only be in vain Cause no matter what you do I'm always crawling back to you So just grab me by the waist and remind me of my place I should probably learn to escape But no matter what you do I am always coming back to you tell me that you'll stay stay oh please tell me that you'll oh please tell me that you'll that you'll stay stay oh please tell me that you'll stay tell me that you'll I'm scattered and a little manic don't worry about the reason I called you in a panic Beg you to come over quickly You're the catalyst to my madness Only one who's ever pushed me past the point I can't make sense of why I ever wanted you I'm scattered and a little frantic Don't worry about the reason I called you in a panic Beg you to come over quickly You're the catalyst to my madness Only one who's ever pushed me past the point I can't make sense of why I ever wanted you to Stay, stay Oh, please tell me that you're Stay.
Red Jasper <laughs> performing as part of Queer Tivity happening tonight on Main Street in East Hampton in the Blue Room at Old Town Hall. We'll hear a little more from Red Jasper coming up in just a minute. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on 88.5 NEPM. Welcome back to the Fabulous 413. I'm Monty Belmonte. And I'm Khalees Smith. And we are here right now with Red Jasper, who is presenting Queertivity at City Space in the Blue Room in East Hampton this evening, September 29th, starting at 7, going to 11. I want to ask you about your music. Oh, yes. Because it's a really, well, like, your style is a really fun blend of, like, indie and, and hip hop and jazz. Just how did you settle on how did this settle into being natural? Um, it just kind of, I think it's like similar to my gender, like genderless, genreless, like it's going to be a mix, everything, nothing, all at once. Um, so yeah, it's for me when I write music, it's, it's really spiritual, honestly. Um, and I always say this thing where I let the music become what it wants to be. It feels like a conversation. So if that looks like I'm rapping on this song and then I do have one country-ish song, believe it or not, <laughs> um, <laughs> it really becomes like what it needs to be. Or if like I have a song with, that's more like strings and classical, um, yeah, I just like it starts with a seed and the songs let me know what they want to become. And I listen and then some magic happens and I'm, yeah, happy with where I've fallen with that. How do you, where do you find your network of collaborators? Because like Mario, you're, Mars, you're from Boston, mm-hmm. like going currently going to Berkeley, mm-hmm. like and that network that's across the state. That's a long way to come for a show. Yes. And I know this is building community, but that's still a long ways. And you're talking strings and things. Mm-hmm. Like where do you find the folks to collaborate with? So it's really like the universe brings us together. Mario is incredible. We've actually known each other since. They were in the fifth grade, and I was maybe in the sixth or seventh. Um, so I think maybe our long-term friendship brings them back to this area. Um, and because is this uh, where you're from originally? No, I'm from like Eastern Mass. Oh, yeah. so, so moved out here for school and have stayed since. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's that's like where we've met, and we played in middle school, high school together, did our own separate lives, and then I was looking for a guitarist, and I'm like, oh. Maybe. I don't expect someone to drive out from Boston, but maybe. Um, And Mars is amazing enough to do so and is so talented and so comfortable to play with because of that, like, history. Um, In terms of other people, it's just been these, like, I go where the wind takes me and then I meet incredible people. And, you know, sometimes it works out and we're able to collaborate. Other times um, it takes, like, a year for that to happen. That's kind of what creativity has become. It's like all these (laughs) random encounters over the last two years that have come together. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much it. But I'm continuously looking for community um, and bandmates. So (laughs) if you like my music and you are queer, trans, and BIPOC and play any instrument, like, message me on social media somewhere please looking for more people <laughs> you don't have time to join another band do you Khalees? i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe tempted now that i heard it face to face with I mean, uh, red real. jasper here yeah it's pretty compelling stuff did you leave eastern mass because you felt that this community would be better for you in who you are the multifaceted nature of red jasper no red jasper kind of came forward in the last few years on i mean it's a collection of like all the artistic stuff i've done my whole life 
Um, I came here for school um, and didn't have the best experience, um, but through that school, I was able to meet other musicians, um, and I'll put on blast. It was at UMass. It was not great. So, sorry, I know that y'all maybe support some of these things, yeah, but you should be held accountable. Of, they, they technically hold the license of the station. That's fine. Oh, great. You can be, well, you can be critical of them. We have, be we held have accountable. editorial freedom. <laughs> be yes. <held> accountable. <laughs> so, um, they are basically a small city. So, yeah. like, yes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, since then, life has made it so that it kind of was like, a, oh, I'm going to stay. And then I got this cool job. Oh, I'm definitely going to stay. And um, my Red Jasper stuff really came during the pandemic. I found a vocal teacher. I work with a black vocal teacher for the first time. Yeah. It started to heal a lot of stuff and slowly came about. And so, yeah. Red Jasper, <laughs> queertivity, movement extravaganza of BIPOC creativity happening tonight, City Space Blue Room, Main Street in East Hampton. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing thank your you. story and your music with us. And lest we forget, starting this evening and going through Saturday night, the Northampton Jazz Festival returns, including a centennial tribute to the jazz legend you're about to be hearing uh, right now, Max Roach. But Monday on the Fabulous 413, our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month continues with Carly Munoz, the Puerto Rican jazz keyboardist who's played with everyone from Wilson Pickett to the Beach Boys and who is playing in Northampton this coming week. And after a, a three-year pandemic pause, film returns to downtown Shelburne Falls. We'll talk with Andrew Baker about the reopening of Pothole Pictures and the screening of the 1916 silent version of Snow White with live musical accompaniment. I'm Monty Belmonte. And I'm Clee Smith. Thanks to the Fabulous 413 team, and we'll see you next week on the Fabulous 413.